Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Welcome to episode 504 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. I'm Todd with Joe. Joe, how are we doing today? Do you see I rearranged the format of the email to put um, where the standings are for who picked what, uh, guessing what the other is looking forward to coming out? Yeah, I saw. I kind of saw that. Was that there before? No, it was at the top because I would always forget. Okay. So usually at the top of the email... You can't highlight emails, really, to overlook those things. Right. So usually at the emails, I would put the things that were most important, like saying Lamborghini of comic book podcasts and where the standings were and those sort of things. Now I, I'm feeling loosey-goosey that I could move things in the script order that I'm not going to forget to mention the standings, especially since we haven't done it in two months. Right. And I look at it as if anybody loves change, it's you, Joe. That's right. Uh, but what hasn't changed is the format of the show. Um, we start out with news, um, more information, at, as we mentioned on the uh, special After Dark episode about the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Also, we talk about diamond packaging, and maybe they have a bit of a beef going with DC. We'll have to talk about that. And Marvel cancels some books, but maybe it's not what you think. Also, free uh, digital books and sales. What we read last week, what? Red Sonia 15, a new book. And, <laughs> and I'm confused what's going on. And also a classic, uh, Sign of the Boss, a Venom Sign of the Boss, one and two, drawn by our very own friend, Tom Durenick. Um, Also some art attacks. And at the end of the show, we'll have uh, spoiler-filled talk of both Legends of Tomorrow and the uh, second episode of Stargirl. And I have to ask Todd, how is uh, Herb Trimpy doing? Herb Trimpy is doing just as good as he was the other day. All right, good. I just want to double check. Mm -hmm. Don't want any false reports going out on the show about anything. That's right. We wouldn't want anything to slip out that was un untrue, you know? Correct. So, it's getting closer, Todd. It's almost here. The Snyder Cut of Justice League. No, no, no. It's going to be at least, it's at least seven to 19 months away. Right. Anywhere in that, you know, that range, it could pop up. It could, it could escape at that point. Right. So this is where I run into some question. Of course, if you listen to the After Dark this past week, the emergency After Dark <laughs> that was demanded by Todd. Uh, we didn't have all the facts, and you know Todd, he always likes to just go out. Todd's almost at the point where Twitter has to step in and put fact reporting on his tweets, because that's how <laughs> infactual he is. Oh, what sort of horrible lying monster would have that happen to them on their social media account? I, I couldn't even imagine. I, I'm holding up my hand right now, so... okay. Um, so uh, HBO Max is the one who's going to be putting uh, the money forward, and it's unclear. You know, we said thirty million; it's somewhere between twenty to thirty million. Uh, but what the rap has reported is that it's not going to be exactly the Snyder cut that we were all hoping that it would want to be, because it would be virtually impossible for them to finish 
his vision of the movie at this point, you know, however many years it has been since the thing was filmed, you know? Right. Um, they're going to, they're not going to be able to do any reshoots, of course, with any of the actors. Um, he want, Snyder wanted to do additional scenes and additional pickups on things, and HBO was like, no, nah, I don't think so. That's like, like, you're lucky you're getting what you're getting kind of thing. Right. Rumor has it there might be some ADR to fix stuff. Like, they could yell off screen, like, you know, hey, Duke's okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, somebody make a fart noise here. We need to laugh. That's right. Oh, you know what? Superman's not dead. Everything's fine. So that's, you know, I look at it. That's the the, the way it has to be, you know, I guess done. They're not going to just give it an unlimited amount of money. And people like Ben Affleck who've moved on and he's no longer the, the Batman of the month, you know, it's, it's a new Batman. So... If you can get ADR and you could get like $30 million or whatever it is to do effects and do whatever you're going to do, it's going to come as close as, as you want. And I, I look at it as, as I mentioned on the After Dark, be happy with what you have. You know, like yeah. this should have never saw the light of day. Like in, in the world that, you know, that if they're talking about rumor has it now, it's been like going on for like at least like eight, nine months, they knew. But I just look at it and like, you don't see a lot of director's cuts when movies get screwed up a la like I'm trying to think of like some of them that they did like the alien, the third alien movie or any of them. They don't come for years or decades after this is remarkably fast for a movie that was as followed up as this movie was to get a, an original director's cut. Right. And, and from that same report in the wrap, it says, quote, this is basically going to be one and done, closing the loop, finishing the story. Uh, obviously not the whole story because they can't do the reshoots and everything else like that. And he did have a three to five picture plan after this. Um, but, of course, as Todd joked, people are already hoping and praying for the Ayers cut of uh, Suicide Squad. You know what I want, Todd? What do you want? Please tell uh, me it's what I think. I want the Josh Trank cut of Fantastic Four. With all the body horror and deep, dark psychological terror that he promised in all those interviews before the studio wisely took him off the project and hoped he would go away forever. He kind of did. But uh, there's only really one cut of any movie that demands to be seen, Joe. And you know what it is. And I just, I just want to say, because uh, as this... As this drops on Wednesday night or Tuesday into Wednesday, it is the I want to say the it was 1977 that Smoking the Bandit originally premiered the original one. So we need a Smokey is the Bandit cut. That's the only movie that needs to be made. When you said 1977, you threw me off, Todd. I thought after all the episodes of Previewing the Past over on the Patreon that you finally come around and you as well want to see the unrated cut of Warren Beatty's Dick Tracy like I do. Oh, my goodness. Is there a thing? Yes. Oh, my goodness. So it was Buena Vista through Disney, of course. (laughs) And there's like a PG-13 cut with like, brief nudity and a little bit more violence and maybe like a swear or two mm-hmm. that Disney was like, uh-uh, you ain't doing this. This this is the next Batman. Time will still tell if it will be or it won't be. <laughs> um, so there's a cut that Warren Beatty owns because to make the movie, and we've discussed this before here and on the Patreon show, 
um, maybe like a year ago or something, Archie Comics had announced that they were going to do a Dick Tracy comic book, like had cover art, had like artist and a writer. And then as soon as they announced it, they were like, oh, we should have checked to see what the rights to this and if they'd let us do it. Because we just assumed it's so old, it's kind of sort of public domain. Mm -hmm. And Warren Beatty owns all the rights to all that stuff. Like any sort of like new Dick Tracy stuff has to go through him. And because he's his feelings are so hurt over the way the production went of the film, he's not allowing any Dick Tracy stuff to happen ever again. That's right. The last Dick Tracy will be the one that you remember, Joe. Best one. Best one. But yeah, just really quick, like I said, it was 43 years ago as this drops, the original Smoking the Bandit came out. So, you know what? If you get on my hashtag bandwagon, I'll get on your hashtag bandwagon. I'm not starting no hashtag nothing. All right, then I'm going to keep mine. And and as you said, there's going to be no three or four pictures after this for Zach. You don't know. There may be a new hashtag for that. That'll change the, the empty suit's mind at Warner Brothers. Right. And just to pull this up from a two-plus-year-old two, year, a two plus year old, uh, story, uh, <laughs> Archie's Dick Tracy book was supposed to come out in April of 2018. Mm. Was that uh, Herb they, Trimpey who said that? No, it was not Herb yeah. Trimpey. He had already been dead for three years at that time. Yeah. Um, so Archie, Archie's planned Dick Tracy reboot has already been canceled following the franchise's license or Tribune Continent Agency, whatever that is, discovering that the comic book rights had already been issued to an unnamed third party. Ned Beatty. <laughs> well, I wish it was Ned Beatty. I think he sadly passed as well. And then, like, everyone's like, oh, it's unfortunate. Uh, this, you know, sad news and so on and so forth. Um... And it says the last original Dick Tracy comic book was a three-issue miniseries that we've discussed on the Patreon show coinciding with the movie. On 2010, Bendis publicly said that he and Michael Avon Oming, his regular partner on Powers, were working on a Dick Tracy comic book pitch, which was then at that time killed by Warren Beatty, who retains, quote, unspecified rights, unquote, <laughs> to the franchise. That, sir, is ironclad if you have unspecified rights. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Uh, so, how, how? well, again, any way that we could get talking about our holy grails, that, uh, that Dick Tracy and uh, Smokey is the bandit cut. <laughs> our pipe dreams. Yes. All right, so comics this week. They're finally coming in. We'll be discussing things, of course. Um, you know, we do have Diamond and Lunar and DCBS and Midtown Comics and everyone else is shipping their books. And it appears as though Diamond in their two months off has learned to pack things a little bit better. <laughs> you know, not to give people the postal peanut job with just, like, paper. Sure, there's folks that were getting some damaged stuff, of course. But there's a letter, you know, pushing the whole our comeback will be bigger than our setback sort of thing. Right. Uh, you know, bless them for trying to push that, you know. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I believe even our retailer was uh, complaining last week when he was in talking with uh, Eric Larson on the thing. He's like, oh, yeah, we got that book. I think it was like a Savage Dragon or something like that. He's like, yeah, we got that book, even though like 30% of our our copies of – oh, yeah, here it is. Happy to say our store received our copies of that Savage Dragon book, and unlike 30% of my order, wasn't damaged. Ooh. So, like, oof. 
So hopefully Diamond, like they said, has their act together now and isn't just like, you know, putting, you know, just pouring comics into a box with a funnel. Yeah. Well, I, I do. You know, obviously the story has come out, of course, that uh, that UCS and Lunar that were handling DC stuff while Diamond was out. I guess there's a bunch of DC books that are not going through Diamond or they're going to be delayed or something. It's yeah. a lot of variants and stuff. Um, but there's like a Flash book, an Aquaman book, mm-hmm. uh, Batman, DC goes to war, and a couple trades that are just uh, delayed. If you're getting them from Diamond, but Lunar and UCS uh, told retailers, they're like, yeah, we got them. If you want them, you can come to <laughs> us. Oh, I think this is the start of the distributor wars, Joe. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with this. You oh, know whose shot. side I'm on? Who's? My local retailer. Whatever way he goes with, I have no choice. That's right. I, and I'm on my side, too. So You're on your own side. That's right. I'm, you know, I'm neutral. Well, I've seen my side. I don't want to be on that side. Oh. <laughs> Everybody's lining up to fight for the right to be wrong. Uh-huh. And one last casualty of this whole thing, of course. Uh, Marvel, unfortunately, has had to cancel... Not one, not two, but three months of variants. Right. Every Marvel book ships with minimally one extra cover. Usually it's some sort of theme. There used to be a much tighter theme (laughs) back in the day. Nowadays it's like living vampires or the dark side of Marvel or sneakers Lamps. <laughs> there was a period of time where I would get those books because, for the most part, I don't care what cover I get, you know? Right. Um, but then when I was only getting like the weirdo variants, mm-hmm. I had to make it a point to like contact our retailer. I'm like, yeah, this is the cover I want. Don't give me the weirdo variants. See, I bet because you put in like you never specified. Yeah. He was like, oh, I have extra weirdo variants. I'll give them to Joe. So, like, hey, you know, you got them. You got, somebody's got to buy them. Yeah, it ain't going to be me. That's right. I always, my motto is cover A. It's always got to be cover A at Marvel. I don't want your, I don't want your Venom month. I don't want your, you know, uh, you bring on the villains. I don't want your lamps of Marvel monthly, like nothing. I want, like, the A cover on all Marvel books. And for the most part at DC, I want the A covers. Now the B covers are cardstock, but I like them because they have the logo. The B covers usually at DC do not have the logo. And then like when it comes to like Red Sonia or anything like that, like at uh, Dynamite, Dynamite does a ton of covers. I'm like anything with the, with the logo on the cover and the number. So when I'm going through and looking at a bag, I could immediately see what the book I want is. I don't want virgin variants. I don't want like, even if they are the same price as cover, I want something that I'm like, Hey, I know what book that is. And I know what number that is. And that's I, my, my take I, on covers. I'll default to a for most, for the Marvels and the DCs, right? Mm-hmm. Especially now, since the B covers at DC are the cardstock, as you mentioned. Like, it, it's an extra buck more. I'm fine. I don't need it, right? Mm-hmm. Where Marvel, though, I'll look, because like I said, every cover, every book gets at least one variant cover, which is like the weird scheme cover. But then other books will have like two or three or four. Like, I'm sure there's like 16 variants on Venom this week, right? Yes, there's a ton. Just because it's a presumed anniversary issue. <laughs> 
I'll look to see if there's an artist that I like, and then I'll look to see if the cover looks nice. And there's certain people, it's like, um... Ron Lim. Yeah, like, I'll get a Ron Lim cover for anyone as long as it's, you know, not, like, the mega ultra variant that he has to special order. And then it's going to be, like, we, it's like, I can get it for you, but I didn't get it on the main order, which is fine, you know? Because they don't sometimes announce who the cover... Like, a lot of times Marvel has covers by TBA. Mm -hmm. Great artist. Right. I'm a fan of his or her work. So, Mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of times I don't like to roll the dice. Uh, Scotty Young covers I'm good for. Uh, I'll I'll buy some. Scotty Young covers are far and few between these days. Mm -hmm. So when one pops up, I'll always grab it. Even if it's something I may or may not be reading. Right. Unless they're like, like you said, not even... Uh, stuff that he has to get because he didn't, but anything that's not over cover price within yeah. reason. You know, I mean, like maybe if there's a cover, like I got the Doctor Doom, I got the regular Doctor Doom, and then I bought the variant, like when they had the Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend variant. I'm like, I really like that one. Yeah. Or, or um, with the DC books, I'm like, all right, give me the the A cover with the logo, no cardstock. But if say my and your favorite artist ever, Kevin McGuire, did a variant on the cardstock, I would pick that one. It's it's just a no brainer for a buck extra like that kind of stuff. I, there is times will I where I will vary, but it's it's far and few between. Yeah, I getcha. And sadly, Marvel's website doesn't have all the variants up. Um, usually, they're surprisingly Marvel's website is bad at getting that information out to its uh, readership. But that's neither here nor there. Right, but to get back around to what we were saying, I understand canceling crazy numbers on weird variants because if they're going to make everything returnable or like deep cuts, like deep discounts on stuff like that, uh, retailers are going to order the bare bones and they're going to order the regular covers. So wait until the industry's in full swing again and you could just put those covers on anything. You know what I mean? Like yep. if you're going to do that month, if you're going to do the, the the Venom month again or whatever, do the, the Rocket Raccoon month or, you know, whoever, Night Nightshade or whatever, just that can be done eight months from now and, and do it over again. Absolutely. But that's really all we got in the news. Again, you know, yep. it's, it's, it's building up to the big thing. Um, right. Of course, Todd and I will be getting our books this week from our local retailer, Comic on the Green. You can surely check out their Facebook page. Whenever the when you know we put up the poll post, of course, there's information in there in regards to uh, his store, his website, everything else, uh, any of the other stuff that he does. There, um, I would be remiss not to mention longtime supporter of the show, Rick Williams, uh, free karate chops on twitter put up some he does like these like pvc work things and he's been doing stuff but he really gave a push this weekend for a new series that he's doing uh that look like the old like muscle figures if you remember those like little like pink sculpted things yeah i remember those yeah so he did a couple of those based on uh you know very similar to some of your favorite uh sports and entertainers you know Mm mm-hmm and then he did them in a bunch of different designs. Like there's the the regular pink. There's a translucent pink. They come with collector cards that look very similar to uh, World Championship Wrestling trading <laughs> cards from 1991. Um, and it's a set that comes with two cards and two figures. And then you get your little pick of those things. So uh, like I said, Rick's been a longtime supporter of the show. And the link, his stuff has kind of been grandfathered in to always be on in the show notes. So. He has new stuff, so go check out what he has. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I also would be remiss, um, you know, we this would also be the part of the show where we would talk about comic book conventions. And uh, I know somebody was telling me that the Florida conventions were supposed to be opening up here soon, but the ones that were scheduled for this weekend are not uh, happening. Let me see here. It's not officially canceled just yet. Still could happen. Still could happen. That's right. I always like to check. Okay. Brick City is canceled. That's in California. Uh, Mentioned that one there. So Rocky Mountain Comic Show in uh, Colorado. Next weekend is still happening. And uh, I think that one that I kept mentioning that was happening in uh, Maine has just disappeared. It's not around anymore. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I think we're going to revisit all these conventions. I think when the conventions come back, there's going to be a big announcement. Um, I think that it'll be it'll kick off with a big one, but all these little ones are not going to be big announcements. They're just going to happen. Yeah, you know, like, but I think, I think New York. I honestly think New York might happen. New York Comic Con, Baltimore might. They're still on track, so we'll see. I'll I'll eat my words in about four months. So we're talking. So let's look. No, I know Baltimore is still on. They haven't canceled it yet, but that's October, maybe September. September, October. Mm-hmm. Love when you do deep dives, Joe. And then let's find New York, huh? Yeah. New York. I have a countdown clock. It's 134 days till New York Comic Con, which would be on October 8th, 2020. Uh-huh. And then I have Baltimore is... Uh, October 23rd, 2020. Yeah, I feel October's far enough away that those could be things. Looking at yep. the October, um, New York Comic Con being October 8th, um, I think that gives them plenty of time to plan. I do too. And like I said, no, nobody cancels with that insurance. You have to wait till the last minute sometimes, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think, uh, okay, so... I don't have any inside information, but I understand you have, it has to be 30 days. Mm-hmm. Before or after? Like Bef- uh, 30 days, like to get your insurance, you have to wait till at least 30 days before the event. Okay. Then that makes sense. Yeah. Depending on, uh, you know, the state of the world and these troubling times, comma, Todd. <laughs> You like my new Twitter handle? I didn't even look. Again, Twitter, Somebody, you know? Yeah, I, st- I kept the uh, Roker the Joker, but I changed it to Trouble in Times Todd TM. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you give me a gimmick, I'll run with it. All right. So um, I would also be remiss not to mention here, uh, soon to be named network at soon to be named network.com. Not only did we have an extra after dark this weekend. Uh, but Wednesday night war had an extra episode because certain wrestling companies are still running pay-per-views, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have to cover that. 
Uh, Final Wrestling Place also had two episodes this week. <laughs> so they're like, oh, we're late, so we'll just double up the next day. And I'm like, eh, you don't have to do that. You know, you can just have one episode. That's right. Um, Profane Arguments, of course. Puzzle Warriors 3, they're staying the course one episode a week. Longbox Heroes, of course, one episode a week. Uh, anytime any of these shows in the soon-to-be-named network go live. At odds with wrestling, ain't doing no extra shows neither, you know? What? I want yeah. I want 10 shows a week. Nope. From, from that. As long as I don't have to do it. I, wasn't it around now I would have to have been drafted? It would have been this past week where uh, you and Michelle, um, you know, co-host of uh, Wednesday Night Wars, DJ's wife, the two people who are professional wrestling the most <laughs> would have had to have done a podcast about wrestling with if Adam was on his uh super secret uh importer exporter trip. Pretty is that much what yeah. call it? Yes. Yeah. Well the way I look at it is I guess the coronavirus has a has a bo- has a, a positive thing that could come oh, out. Listen, I gotta do some investigating. I think maybe you and Michelle were behind all this. Oh my, my petri dish in my house. Oh boy. Anyway, uh soon to be named network.com, soon to be named network.tumblr.com. There's a lazy plug if there ever was one. <laughs> but uh also, hey, in the show notes, uh digital books and sales. Uh, a lot of the sales still going on. Um Archie, Dark Horse still having a bunch of stuff on sale. Marvel is having a buy one, get one free sale on pretty much every everything. Uh just be wary that you have to enter a code to take advantage of that. Uh, DC apparently having the same sale going on for the sixth week strong, just with a different name. This one entitled <laughs> DC, what happens next? See, DC, what happens next? Right. I think they've added like a lot of the ones that were ma- where they may have had like the first trade for stuff. They now have the first and second trade for stuff. Well, that's just a logical progression, man. It certainly is. And this one came up and there's no kind of big. Like, there was no beginning date on it. just kind of came across my purview. There's definitely no end date on this one. Um, and the, sh- the link will be in the show notes. Uh, but the entire run of Scooby-Doo team-up is available for free on Comixology. That's fantastic. I, I enjoyed every issue that I read of that. Like, when there was a team-up I wanted to read, yeah. that was so fun. And they have the whole thing up for free, whether you wanted the single issues or the trades. However you want it. and Get both. Get both. Why not? Yep. Exactly. Get both. Why not? And I always say, these books, put them in your cart now because they may not be free to Mari. And mm-hmm. you don't have to read them today. But once they're in your library, they can't take them away. Yep. And I think we even did an issue or two of the uh, Scooby-Doo thing on here because it was like a Jonah Hex crossover, right? Right. And then there was also like... Uh, flat or Scooby Doo v- visited Gorilla City. I think was one that we did. And like, come on, Scooby Doo, Gorilla Grodd, that's gold right there. Mm-hmm. Gorilla Gold is that what they have? Oh, Gin Gold, Gin Gold. Mm-hmm. What's that? That uh, elongated man drinks. He don't drink that in the com in the in the TV show, do we? Yes, he does. It's actually a gin in the comic. Or in the mm. TV show. In the comic, it's like this extract from a plant 
in like that the that the rubber men of the like whatever country drank and that's what came and something in Ralph Dinby kick started his metagene because of it. But in uh Flash, every once in a while he'll have that's why I call it gin gold, is he drinks gin because he was like the drunken detective in the beginning and he kept a bottle on his desk and I literally paused the DVR. I was like, yep. And he even said like, you know, episode last week, he's like a little bit of jingle to, to Sue. And I'm like, God, I love the fact that he's, he's, they made it a, a hard liquor in the TV show. Yeah. But so yeah, yeah. So but that's what I mean though. Like in the TV show, it's, it's there, but they don't, it uh, doesn't give him his powers, you know? But in my mind, that's what gave him the stretchy powers when he got hit by the when when he was on the bus wasn't that the one the the dark matter hit him when he was in the bus because I forget whether it's the 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 particle accelerator or the bus passengers he was always he was a bus meta yes that's right the bus metas there's so many ways to become a meta in the in the in the DC the Flash TV show at least three by my count mm-hmm. <laughs> well Crisis will help you too yeah. So, uh, let's get into what we read from this past week, huh? Mm-hmm. Where would you like to begin? I say we start with a with the new book, Joe. The digital, uh, the digital book that we got. Uh, right. Red Sonia 15. Well, I gotta throw a wrinkle in your plan here, Todd. What? Because I had to read 13 and 14 as well. All right, so then let's talk about Red Sonia 13, 14, and 15. <laughs> yes. Because uh, when we're like, oh, it's a new book. I know Todd's reading this. It's written by Mark Russell. I like Mark Russell. He's a good guy. I go, well, what's uh, what's the deal with this one, Todd? And Todd's like, yeah, I think it's the middle of a story arc. I go, hmm, let's see how far back the story arc goes. And I'm like, do I have these issues? I do. Let's read them. Mm-hmm. I'll let you lead then on this. because oh, okay. Because I really only read 15 because I didn't go into 12, you know, into all of them, 13 to 14. So. What did you think? Uh, so short answer is I like this book. Mm-hmm. I should read it more often, and I probably am gonna, because now I read these three issues. I got to see what happens next. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's for a sword and sandals book, there's very few swords happening in this book because mm-hmm. it's more about the machinations and the political leanings of all these like different villages and Sonya being the queen and you know they won the war but now there's a famine going on and what she's going to have to do and sacrifice to be able to feed her people because the promise that she made and while she's going to the kingdom that even though they lost they still have an army granted with no leader you might see where this is going Mm -hmm. um the bare bones of the story that part that I just mentioned Sonya's the queen They won, but at what cost? She can't feed her people. So she makes the ultimate sacrifice to lead the army of one of the opposing people to go around and essentially take over all of these other surrounding territories so that her people can eat. Right. And then on top of that, the, the, another indignity is that this is the leader who killed her mentor many, 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 many years ago when she was learning the tactics that make her so, you know, you know, important now. So this may sound like a very A to B story, but everything else that's in between is the, is the stuff that I love the most. Mm -hmm. It's how everyone is dealing with, 
these changes and you know who Sonya leaves in charge while she's gone and the stories that they tell it's like oh well you know when I was a kid my town had a famine and if you remember this uh from the story so to the way that they were able to take everyone's mind off the famine was games everyone got a rock that had a number on it if you had an even numbered rock today you have to work and do everything that you have to, but you get to eat today. Mm-hmm. Everyone with an odd number, you don't get to eat today, but you don't have to work. You can do whatever you want. If you're a slave, you're not a slave today, but you don't get to eat. Tomorrow, we reverse it. Mm-hmm. And one of the people that Sonya leaves in charge tells this story. They're <laughs> like, that's not a bad idea. Let's try that. And then immediately it falls apart. Uh, and he just keeps saying, like, every time there's, like, a shenanigan that happens, or someone's like, I'll trade my rock for three rocks, or somebody shows up, and they they have all these different, they're like, uh, they have, like, six or seven rocks, and they're like, are any of these rocks even numbers? Because they're illiterate and stupid people, <laughs> yeah. for the most part. Every time something like that happens, he goes, well, I didn't say it would work here, I just said it worked then. <laughs> and then when it's revealed how it worked then... Uh, was once it got to a point where this no longer worked, they're like, okay, well, everyone who's even gets to eat today. Everyone odd are the ones that get eaten. Pretty much, yep. Um, But stuff like that, and then, you know, obviously that's a little bit lighter thing, but it's played, it's very light, it's very funny, but it's played very serious against the backdrop of everything that's going on. And then the other character, and again, the name, I feel so bad because the names are not like comic book names that I remember. It's like the per, like this of this and that of that. And they're all weird made up fake names, right? Yeah, there's usually a comma in them or a hyphen or something. Yeah, so she met, like she tells the story of what happens to the the land, the people, and everything when a famine happens. Like, and it tells this story over like three or four pages. Like first the animals go, and then then everything just sounds different because there's not the chatter of the animals. And then the trees no longer have fruit. And then the trees themselves are stripped of their bark, and they will never grow, you know, uh, whatever again. And then the people who have leather are now boiling and eating their leather. And then people aren't letting their children out and all this other stuff. So then you get something like that that's told in a much more serious thing offset by this more humorous thing. And it's a great tone in this book as the stuff that fleshes out, you know, your very basic at its core A to B story. Mm-hmm. And and I like it as a as we both read some Red Sonia. I probably read a little bit more than you, but you love the Gail Simone run. I like it as a Red Sonia fish out of water tale in that, like some of the Conan that we read for the show, it's like she's not she's not accustomed to kingdoms and you know nobility and 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 working with this stuff, and she just wants to do her thing and be the the barbarian like like Conan and go off and fight and drink and carouse and it's like no i got myself in a pickle and it's a different i will admit it's a different pickle than i've ever seen red sony in before so even that on top of it makes it interesting for me and i'm enjoying it and as as we always say we're both mark russell fans so he does an interesting take on things and like you said the mix of comedy with seriousness i really enjoy it the only thing because you read it did they happen to mention why she was wearing the bunny sigil 
in the last couple issues? Um, you know, she wears it and just says it's I have my reasons, but they don't explain it. And I'm like, okay, I'm okay with that. Like, that's on me for not reading everything. Right. And I think because I don't remember anything beforehand. I'm thinking maybe that'll be explained as we go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, But like I said, I really enjoyed this. It was good. Right. So. Uh, uh, Venom Sign of the Boss Venom Sign of the Boss a two issue miniseries from 1997 the mm-hmm. greatest time in comics history ow so yes <laughs> uh, but uh, it was uh, our good buddy Tom Durenick, uh drawing it um, has beautiful covers beautiful covers especially that issue two Joe I don't know if you got a good look at issue two uh, of the cover. It has a very handsome spectators watching uh, Venom and Ghost Rider fight. Um, You know, that button hooked me because I was looking for that handsome spectator in the actual uh, book itself. I didn't think to look on the cover. That's on me. That is. It is me, Joe. I'm on the second cover. Uh But, uh... I just thought you might find that funny. But basically the book is about Venom, who at this time is in, is working for the government to, like, do jobs for them. And they put him on this job that a certain, like, third world dictator is coming to New York uh, to speak at this cathedral. And they're like, there's been rumors of a, of a, uh, a people want to kill him. So you're going to go and protect him. And while this is going on, uh, Danny Catch Ghostwriter with a friend from high school is going to uh, the church to to see this person, to see if they've uh, reformed whatever they're making their decisions. And lo and behold, somebody makes a move and both Venom and uh, Ghostwriter end up fighting, shocking. Um, and it, uh, the rest of the story, you know, pretty much straightforward. Um, I actually really enjoyed this. I think this holds up way better than I thought it was. It was fun, goofy, goofiness. And uh, I do love the fact that like Venom is just like, he reminds me of like Captain Boomerang in Suicide Squad. Like that's the vision of like the, 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 the lunatic working for the government. And also when you say I wasn't in the comic, the very first person killed by Venom to get their neck snapped, though it's hard to tell, is our comic retailer. So I just thought you might find that interesting. Oh, okay. So, yeah, uh, I thought, it, like I said, even though it had a, the new character, Tara Rachnid, I think it was called. Uh, that was a fun, interesting. I think Tom even designed that character, I'm pretty sure. So, Well, okay, so Tom designed that character. And in the book itself, Venom in a very, like, so I just want to say, what is Venom's character first and foremost? Secondly, Venom was really out of character in this book. Well, he was, that was when he had reformed. No, 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 no. So what I mean is when he has the, the battle with Tarachnid. Yeah. He like makes fun of Tarachnid's name and design to his face. Mm-hmm. And that's like, not that's not Venom. That's Deadpool. And that's like Deadpool two years before Deadpool was Deadpool. Okay. No, it wouldn't have been two years. It was right at the same time because because this book had the previously on thing on the inside flap 
that right. started in the Deadpool book, the Joe Kelly, Ed McGinnis Deadpool book, which ruins the surprise that is very clear on the cover of the book that it's going to be Ghost Rider against Venom. Right. But they come, like, you could have, like, you have the tease on the cover, and it's even Venom saying, no, not you. And it's like, ooh, maybe they'll be like, uh... Uh, like a little surprise or something. And then you open up that front page. It's like, nope, Danny Ketch Ghost Rider's in this book. He don't show up as Danny Ketch until page 10. He don't show up as Ghost Rider until page 20. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, that could have been a nice little surprise instead of giving it away on like the, the previously on thing, you know? Right, right. Uh, but yes, this is the beginning of Venom having a quote-unquote license to kill for the government that they send them off to do the, the whatevers. I did like the gag of Eddie using like, uh, cause with the venom symbiote, he could make his clothes look like whatever he wants when he makes himself look like the nun. Edwina. Yes. Sister. Edwina. I thought that was a fun gag. Um, and I will say this, uh, Tom draws a really good venom. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially, I like Tom's not toothy grinned venom better than his toothy grinned venom. Okay, interesting. Uh, just because I think he draws venom effectively a character who is all black with a little bit of white in it, that you have to use like shades of blacks and blues and purple to really get anything out of it in the art. Excuse me. Um, and obviously people just lean on like the big open mouth and the teeth and the everything else to convey some sort of emotion from Venom other than I'm going to eat you. Uh, Tom did a lot with a little white on Venom's face of his teeth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, and like I said, I think he even ended up, I'm trying to remember what part of this book was a t-shirt at one point. Whether it was one of the covers, the first cover, and they just took the vent, like, you know what I mean? Took the venom part off, or if it was one of the panels in the book. But I'm 90% sure that w- something from this book became a venom t shirt for a little while, back at the time, obviously. Uh, the cover of issue two was a, was a t shirt. Okay, then that's what it was. And... I remember him telling me he, when he would get the checks in from it. <laughs> Hey, listen, if you draw Venom and go if you draw Venom and they make it into a t-shirt, that's money. If you draw Ghost Rider and they put it on a t-shirt, that's money. If you draw Venom and Ghost Rider together, that's like double money. Right. And he even made that ghost that version of Ghost Rider look good. Yeah, that's I don't I don't know what was going on with that design of Ghost Rider. I you know what I mean? There, there's mm. a classic design on Ghost Rider, and this ain't it, but Tom did his best on it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I feel as though we're giving uh, the art, the writer on this, Ivan Velez, uh, the short shrift. But uh, sadly, he hasn't done a lot lately. All right. I don't even remember him doing much other than this. Uh, he did like a couple two, th- like he did another Venom miniseries. Is, is, is. Uh, he did a couple issues of Extreme Justice. Oh, Extreme. <laughs> and he done a fill-in issue or two. Uh, or in the 90s, I'm like, ah, oh, here's a fill-in issue on Ghost Rider, here's a fill-in issue on uh, Daredevil, that sort of thing. Gotcha. Yeah, nothing uh, too, too out of the ordinary. Right. But yeah, like I said, uh, it, it was it was a, a truly fun story. I, like I said, I, I enjoyed it. Um, Venom, totally, like, even though he was out of... I, I enjoyed this version of Eddie over any every other, and I always love the fact that this this time of Eddie 
with the chocolate bars that he ate a lot of chocolate so he didn't have to eat brains at this time. That's the that's the venom that will always be in my heart, Joe. And that's the last bit I wanted to mention from my notes. The <laughs> penalethylamine? Right. Which is what is in the chocolate that is in human brains that Venom can just eat that instead of having to eat human brains. Mm-hmm. What about it? Again, while I do love it, <laughs> such a stretch. Not a stretch. It's how you make a bad guy good. Listen, if, you're, if your gimmick is eating brains, you can't be the anti-hero, Joe. But if you eat chocolate... Boy, howdy, people can relate to you. Oh, I like a lot of taffy. Oh, you're a good guy now. Okay. <laughs> What's your gimmick? He's like, uh, he's like Kojak. You got the lollipop. I got the, I got the taffy or I got the chocolate. That's, that's how you relate, Joe. Yeah. And they did the good gag, of course, that Venom, of course, has that insatiable appetite. And I do think in current Venom books, they've kind of gone away from the symbiote needing to eat brains. Something they should bring back. All right. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. Uh, But Venom having candy on him at all times. And he goes and he wants to like, he wants to give the kid candy. And the kid's like, I don't think so. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I did like, and we'll give the right, I'll give the right credit, the Spider-Man song, the Venom Changes. Mm-hmm. I think he should have that recorded. And I think it should have been Madonna, who was in Dick Tracy. And I say, a little out of character for Venom, a little more in character for Deadpool at the time. Um, and the one thing I will never get over in my entire f- fandom of Spider-Man is when people... In the Marvel Universe, regular schmoes confuse Venom and Spider-Man and vice versa. What, you don't like it or you like it? I hate it. What? Well, how would they know? Well, Spider-Man predominantly wears a red and blue costume. No, I'm going to argue with this, but go ahead. Predominantly wears mm-hmm. a red and blue costume, not an all-black costume. Okay. Mm-hmm. Even if he did wear the all-black costume all of the time, there is a definite physical stature from a distance that you could tell the difference unless you'd think you think you, you would, if you saw Venom all gassed up like he typically is, you'd be like, all right, Spider-Man's been hitting the gym. That might be Spider-Man. You wouldn't say that's definitely Spider-Man. You'd say that might be Spider-Man. And then once you get closer and you see a different shaped white spider on his chest and you see the big, giant, gnarled and nasty teeth, you're like, that's not Spider-Man. That's someone else. That's not, that's a monster. Not Spider-Man. See, I think you know too much, but in a world where... I do! I do. When it comes to Spider-Man, I do know too no, much. And I don't even mean that. I mean, you're in the know in the story. In a world where people only get a glimpse of Spider-Man on the cover of the Daily Bugle with J. Jonah running him down... And you, you, it's like, oh, and they're, and don't forget, Joe, that's the way they know them. And they're always bad, blurry pictures of Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Like Peter was always giving the worst pictures because they were just cameras that he had set up to like auto shutter and do movement. So when that's one of the things I always loved about Spider-Man is Jonah really was like, these, these pictures are crappy. 
Like you have the best, you have the best pictures of Spider-Man, but they're because you know he is Spider-Man, but they're always crappy because no one's actually taking them. So if they have these blurry, like weird shots of Spider, how are you supposed to tell between Venom and Spider-Man? And Spider-Man did wear the black costume for a long time. So people might be like, oh, he's back in the black costume for a little bit. I don't know. Does he have a big long tongue and teeth? I don't know. I can't tell from those crappy daily uh, bugle pictures. So right there, I've shot holes in everything you've said. No. So prior to this in Spider-Man canon, when (laughs) Peter Parker was no longer selling his pictures to the Daily Bugle because uh, he was sick and tired. Like, he made the decision, like, is the money I'm getting from J. Jonas Jameson worth it for the slander that he's using my pictures for? And there was a period of time where Peter said it's not. So he decided to self-publish a glossy, fancy book of all of his Spider-Man pictures. And the book was entitled Webs. And it was a big hit, and he made tons and tons of money. And he lost it somehow because he's like it was probably like a bad land investment or something like that, right? He didn't become a billionaire and become his own uh, bodyguard? That would be much later. Oh, okay. But he sold this like fancy photo, like coffee table book of Spider-Man pictures, right? Mm-hmm. And it was a big hit, and it was on all the whatevers. So just from that alone, people should know what Spider-Man looks like. You're overthinking it, Joe. Your classic I, Joe overthink right when there. When it comes to Spider-Man, I can't help it. You know what? Did they ever make an actual copy of Webs? No, they should. I wish they did. I, you know what? They really should have done it and just had various artists do like web, like Spider-Man pinups as photographs. It would have been perfect. Money left on the table, Joe. It's like they, didn't they publish the actual version of Luther's biography? Right. Yeah. With a, with a wonderful cover that reminded me of another book, the unauthorized biography of, uh, Did you know what the cover's a take on? Well, I certainly do. I think it's your uh, uncle's favorite guy. But anyway. Yeah, I've narrowed it down. I got a lot of uncles. (laughs) Uncle Taker? Uh, Yeah, him too. (laughs) Him too. I've seen that pop up on Twitter, so. He's got this real cool Pulp Fiction parody shirt. Real Mm. cool. Okay. Yeah, anyway. So, hey, that's what we read from this past week. Now, Todd. What? Let's talk about what we're looking forward to coming out this week. Because there's actually comic books coming out this week. And not just one or two that we have to make concessions for to read. Mm -hmm. It's like there's, there's a ray of sunshine through many, many dark clouds, at least for this week. And things might get dark a little bit over the next couple weeks because the way the shipping schedules are working. But more on that when we get there. Let's talk about the here and the now, Todd. If you head over to Longbox Heroes every Tuesday, you know, it's going to be whenever it is. Cause I don't know if we're going to be able to get there to take pictures of the books like we used to be able to do. Right. Again, baby steps, baby steps to get back to these things. You can find... The pull post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week. Whether you get your books in print, whether you get them in trade, probably getting them shipped to your home, 
probably picking them up at some clandestine location where you and the comic book store owner can neither meet publicly and everyone's wearing masks, but you could still go get your books. You could also see the books that Todd and I are getting this week. And there's also the part of the show where Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. I am still in the lead. There's been no movement over the last two months regarding this guy. <laughs> shocking, shocking, shocking. I'm two picks ahead of Todd, and I think we both have three books this week. Like I said, slow and steady. We're getting back into the swing of things. Right. And uh, this I remember since Todd started the show, he goes first in making this pick. Oh my God! Yes, I can't. I just want to say, hearing you read all that has just makes my heart, my bacon filled heart, feel feel so good. Todd, but, that's not reading, man. That's from memory. Right. Uh, I got that. Memory. I got that kicking around. And listen, I don't remember what I ate on Saturday, but I remember the thing that I've said verbatim five or four hundred and some odd times before <laughs> that I haven't said in the last two months. Oh, I love it. I love it. Let's just put it that way. Um, so looking over your list, so many books, so many books. Is the book you're looking forward to most, Venom 25, hoping that he eats some chocolate in this issue? I'm hoping that he eats some chocolate-covered brains. Yes, Venom 25 is the book I'm most looking forward to coming out this week. And Todd, I'm looking at yours. Venom's on your list, but I don't know if you feel as strongly about it as I do. I could do a lot of him and Han here. What's, uh, let's, you know what? Let's say Suicide Squad 5. You no movement after two and a half months because that is the book I'm looking forward to the most. Uh The return of Captain Boomerang in this run of Suicide Squad. I guess I'll have to finish reading issue four. Yes. Something happened that made me stop reading that issue. Oh. So I have that to read for sure. So next week we'll be definitely talking about issue 75 of Venom and definitely issues four and five of uh, Suicide Squad. At least I'll be talking about issue four right. of Suicide Squad. Or issue 25 of Venom, not 75. That's oh, all. 25, yes. All mm-hmm. these milestones run together, you know? They're all so important. That's right. I mean, these aren't just willy-nilly numbers that they just throw together or stuff. That's true. 25 is an important number. I guess. Mm-hmm. Anything that ends at a five or a zero is important. Right. Or a two, one, four, seven <laughs> for Marvel. <laughs> they can make that whatever they want if they need. They certainly can. So while you're checking out the pull post for the first time in a long time, be sure to check out everything else over at longboxheroes.com, where the past episodes of this show, past episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark. There were two episodes since we've last talked. Uh, you could also check out our store in the little links there where you could purchase shirts or stickers or pins with our fancy logo on them by the aforementioned uh, friend of the show, artist extraordinaire Tom Durinick. Uh If you want more shirts, more anything with our logos on them or just slogans or sayings inspired by this show and the other shows like After, uh, After Dark and At Odds with Wrestling and Final Wrestling Place, you can check those out over at our T Public store. You want to help us out and get some more content for your show. If this much Joe and Todd is not enough for you, for as little as a dollar a month, you can get not one but two bonus shows through our Patreon where you get us talking about the films of Mel Brooks 
and also 30 years ago to the month of what was going on in the comic book industry as we go through the previews catalog of that month. Yes. But the way that I know and I see and I feel all of you have been supporting us is by making those purchases through our Amazon click-through across the top of the page over at longboxheroes.com. Does not cost you anything extra. They call it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Todd happy when he gets his cut of the money at the end (laughs) of every month. Right. And that's coming up very soon here. Oh, good. Some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this past week, Todd. Somebody purchased a book entitled Kirby is Mighty, a king-size hardcover of Jack Kirby stuff. Mm. Uh, X-Men Double XL by Jim Lee. I looked and I saw that was a hardcover, not a shirt for me, which I thought (laughs) it would be. Right. Uh, Batman The Dark Knight Returns Part 2. I guess that's an animated thing about the Batman The Dark Knight. I think so. Okay. Uh, Somebody also purchased the Lego Star Wars set, Battle on Taco Dana. I don't know what that is. I don't know, man. The, the Star Wars names of stuff, you know, whatever happened to Yak Face? <laughs> whatever happened to Prune Face, you know? And the fact that I know, you know, that uh, what's his, uh, like, guys' names are Pone to Baba and Ficker and Dan and Danic Jericho, you know, those days are long gone, you know? Right. I barely remember the names of Finn and Ray when it comes to the new Star Wars movie. That's just my mind. Mm, but you, you, you do know Poe. You're a po' boy, aren't you? Yeah, I don't know. I've had a fish po' boy. <laughs> Hold the spices. Anyway, uh, somebody also purchased Julius Malini President Cla- Classic Viennese Medium Roast Coffee Beans. Mm. I just get the scrapings from the floor of the local grocery store and grind them myself. I don't know. I appreciate this... you buying your fancy coffee through us, though. Let me know how that fancy coffee is. Well, all I know is, listen, Jules, my, my wife buys the crappy stuff. He knows the good <laughs> stuff. Oh, boy. Yeah, never mind. I'm not going to talk about any of the signs outside your house. <laughs> <Right>. Somebody <laughs> also purchased 72 feet of air bubble cushion wrap for mailing, for heavy-duty packages. Again, two times I get to mention the Postal Peanut job on this show alone. Maybe it was Diamond. Maybe it was Diamond. <laughs> yeah, doing the click through to to Buckets and Buster up there. They're they're shipping. I'm telling you. I think they're going to need a lot more than 72 feet. Well, they don't. Have, they're fighting with DC. They're not shipping the DC books. I heard. Oh. So we'll see. Somebody also purchased wireless sleep headphones. Now. As someone who goes to bed with his MP3 player on, mm-hmm. I looked into this, but then I saw that it's Bluetooth, and then I saw that it's not like headphones, it's like a weird headband that you wear, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I sweat enough the way it is. If I have this thing around me, I'm just going to like, I'm going to short circuit something. Well, don't forget, who knows if your phone, you know, with its shattered face can can do, you know, Bluetooth anymore. Well, I, that's, the, that's the thing. I have a dedicated MP3 player that it don't have no Bluetooth, nothing, you know? <sighs> that's the way I'm living. Living old. <laughs> that's right. You, you and your Zoom together forever. And also, I need to mention, uh, somebody purchased the Hasbro Marvel Legends uh, Spider-Man figure and Age of Apocalypse Apocalypse. 
And mm. those are two nice figures. And if I was a toy boy and not a po boy, I'd be buying that because when they first put out that Age of Apocalypse Apocalypse, that was when Marvel was first really starting to go like a little bit more articulated and a lot more detailed with their action figures. And right. that figure, when it came out all those years back then, it was really cool looking. And then to see the like new fancied up version of that figure I loved so much. And I'm like, oh, I'm already on Amazon. I could just click and buy it. But I didn't because I don't need that figure. I want right. it. I don't need it. You don't want it. I want Taffy, bubblegum and ca- candy for my sweetheart, Sandy. I want candy. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Thanks for all the notable purchases there, and and many more. We, we're getting a lot of purchases these days as I stumble through my words, and I appreciate everyone who is still using us to make any and all of their purchases while they uh, may be stuck at home or what have you. Mm-hmm. So, is it time for Art Attack, Joe? Hey, Todd, did we have any Art Attacks this week? We did. A uh, new, you know, regular Rebecca's Art sent something else it's rebecca drew some penguin penguins or as i call them penguins doing i don't know much more than i could do though and it's a little penguin with uh like an aviator helmet on looking at this plane and someone's like hey like another penguin's like hey that is a plane and they're all happy and i really like it it's a nice little piece and And before you move on i just want to give a shout out i like that piece a lot it feels like a page out of a coloring book right or like like the heavy like the heavy lines on it the lots of empty space i really liked the way that looked it felt like something that a kid or an adult or whomever colors would really enjoy bringing that story in that picture to life right i agree and who doesn't love to color in penguins joe uh, I like it. That's right. Go down to the zoo and watch them do it. Um, but also from T-Bolt 712, hey Todd, I have been very lucky to pick up these two gems by Adam Hughes, an Emma and an MJ sketches on Adam Hughes exclusive variants. They're rather, wait for it, remarkable. Gotta love a good pun. So glad to own these unique sketches. Then he goes on to add, he only added the uh, the uh, Indiana Jones sketch card by Adam Hughes is in the picture. Uh, he's going to say it's just to show the scale of the sketches, but he just really wants to show it off again. And I know him, so that's what he's doing. But uh, I was there when, he, when he, uh, he ended up getting one of those at least. And those are beautiful, man. I love that kind of stuff. And I'll say this, I let him slide on the first part. And then he had to go and make them reference about showing off with his Indiana Jones uh, sketch card. And uh, I, I shot my shot. And I just told him, hey, I'm coming to your house to steal that Mary Jane one. Oh, my goodness. I could give you his address. <laughs> oh, I got his. You know, listen, Todd, don't you worry about nothing. Mm. I'm, I'm talking about committing crimes on the show. I don't care about nothing. That's right. That Mary Jane <laughs> piece is real nice. I like sure. it. I can't wait. To, I would love to see you rappelling in like a harness in his like art room. That would be the best. No, no, no. I'd be a real smash and grab, Todd. <laughs> I'd smash my way through the door and then grab my heart because I'd be in so much pain from exerting myself. That's so much. right. Hobbling out on your bloat foot with pieces <laughs> of art just dropping behind you. Again, not jinxing it. Bloatfoot hasn't visited this year, and it's all we're we're past Memorial Day, and that's usually by the time that's the latest that Bloatfoot shows up. 
<laughs> James Bond villain. <laughs> Here comes Bloatfoot. <laughs> All right. Is that enough shenanigans? Can we get to TV talk? Is there anything else we missed or forgot about? I I think we can get into TV talk. All right. So if anyone did not watch the latest episode of Stargirl or last week's episodes of Legend of Tomorrow, we bid you adieu as we are going to start talking about those sort of things. And uh, thanks for listening to episode 504, Longbox Heroes. And I'm going to take like a beat here before we get into that. Mm-hmm. And of course, we have to start with Stargirl first, even though it is the newer of the two shows uh, Legends of Tomorrow always gets to bat cleanup. That's right. Legends is the closer. Yes. Uh, so, uh, Stripe, it's the episode. You know, we ended on, I guess, a cliffhanger of, uh, and again, I want to say Pat Dugan, uh, Luke Wilson doing his best David Arquette impersonation, <laughs> mm-hmm. shows up in his fancy robot transformer, Stripe, or Stripesy, or whatever he's calling it to uh, pull Courtney's fat out of the fire as she's gotten herself too far involved with everything that's going on. And this is just more of the origin of how this came to be, how this pairing will become together. I liked how early in the episode there was some duplicity. There was a lot of whatever. But then they got right down to it. They're like, listen, we can't lie to each other. We need to, like, let each other know what's going on so that we don't get into more problems. And, of course, there's more problems that show up. But at least they spoke it aloud and said, like, we need to be able to help each other. And I really liked the scenes uh, in this episode of uh, Luke Wilson trying to work on the big uh, robo fist and a bunch of comedic scenes of it failing. Mm-hmm. And I also like the scenes of Courtney going and getting the old Starman costume and trying to recreate it into something that would fit her and finding out that's a little bit more tougher and durable than she originally thought as it's busting scissors and breaking all the sewing machines at the school. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to say I do believe that the Stripe robot and the car are two separate entities now. Oh, Okay. I'm pretty sure because I do say he's like, I built this from car parts. And while he was saying it like that, I forget, like they cut to the house and the car was, I don't know. There's something I'm pretty sure that they're separate. Second of all, I love the, uh, the, uh, the, the stripes trying to figure out the fist gimmick and, and then literally Johnny Cash is one piece at a time about a, like a clunky car just playing in the background. So obviously you have my heart there. The thing I hate, there's a lot of things that I hate when characters do and Courtney does a lot of one in this episode, but I think maybe now she has learned her lesson. She's still going to be brash, but I hate when nobody listens like, like, if you don't listen, something bad's going to happen. Like the, like Carl protocols from walking dead. You know what I mean? Where he's like, you know, you want to go out and you find brainwave, like stop it. And she goes off and in the end, she's not listening to him. And then at the end, she's realizes how much of a problem she's made for herself. Cause brainwave knows who she is. Knows her mother knows like, he's like, he's going to hurt her. And he's like, this is why, I told you. And then at the end, he's kind of like, well, you, I respect you because, you know, the the staff works for you, but also you didn't want to give up and I have respect for you. So there's that balance that, that comes around that I like, but I do hope that she's kind of learned her lesson to, to 
dive in headfirst without thinking. And, you know, I don't want it to go away completely, but that's, that's my take on it. But I did really like this episode and I feel like the direction and the storytelling in this is a lot better than like a lot of like, you know, the, the other CW superhero shows. Uh, I, I think it's, it's way better like well done and i do like the stripe the stripes stuff is amazing to me like how good it actually looks compared and i know like throwing tires and stuff like that was kind of kind of wonky and you're not a big solomon grundy uh effect guy i think but otherwise i'm like this is looking way better than i thought it was going to right and i think a lot of that is because johns was involved jeff johns was involved and because it was originally supposed to be just on uh, the DC app and the fact that it's airing on the CW, we have a certain mindset, a certain frame of reference of what a CW show looks like and feels like and acts like and sounds like. And this doesn't. It mm-hmm. looks different. It looks like it was shot different and better, um, you know, outside of uh, what's his face, the guy who's in charge of the, um, the the American Dream Dusty Rhodes thing that Courtney's mom works for. Like, uh, his you, his facial hair looks a little suspect, but not suspect enough for me to call shenanigans on. And the fact that they have, like, actual, like, money for licensing rights for actual music. Mm-hmm. Not, like, whoever the hot band of the day is. And, like, we worked out a deal because they're on a record label and it's a way <laughs> for us to work their songs in. It's like, no, here's, like, a real Johnny Cash song, you know? Yeah, from, like, decades ago. Right, you know, like, we're putting out money because, like, we need this song in this scene, and that's what we want, so that's what we're going to get. Mm-hmm. Now, and, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. Okay, so we've seen that uh, Courtney's mom's boss is one of the villains. Uh, oh, we've oh. Se- go ahead, go ahead, because I got another part that I liked as well. Go ahead. We've seen that, like, obviously. Now, I'm pretty sure, I'm going to go out, I don't know this for sure, but I'm thinking the guy who runs the gym is one of the villains. Hmm. And that the there was like you remember the woman who was in the school who who shunted Courtney over to like the losers table as it's the called principal. the principal I think the principal is one of the criminals too mm. and I I'm not sure on who's left after that because Icicle was out of town and he comes back but uh and we have like the one person is the is the the wizard whatever the magician is I forget his name and I did like that shot where he's looking in the the picture to open and get the wand and it has the the picture has the mustache and everything and it's the reflection showing you that he's the wizard character so interesting i'd like the scene at the um the meet and greet thing at the school what do they call it the open house right of courtney looking for brainwave brainwave looking for courtney and like the cat and mouse the unintentional cat and mouse that was happening like people standing up in the way and getting yeah i really like the way that whole scene was laid out that probably took a lot of time and effort to get to work exactly Mm -hmm. the way that it worked so i thought that was really cool Mm -hmm. and also i will say as todd is speculating on who may be what things in the show right i will bid you the listener of the show and maybe even me from here on out not to scroll down further past what the episode title is and the photos from the show on imdb Mm -hmm. and be wary for the promotional materials because as we discussed last week you know it's star girl you know it's gonna be star girl i didn't know luke wilson was in the show 
I didn't know that Stripe, the big robot, was going to be in the show. And then if you go and look at the promotional poster that's in there, you get to see all the other characters that are going to show up in the show eventually. And since you've already seen two episodes, you can kind of piece things together like, okay, that person's going to be the new this, and that person's going to be the new this, and that person's going to be the new this, because it's right there on the promotional poster. So avoid any of that stuff. Be careful, everybody. Right. The only thing I did know is back in the day when they put out that first promotional poster of Courtney as Stargirl, that if it literally, it took you a minute, but Stripesy was there in the background. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it was like literally like, oh, that's his elbow or whatever, like the big robot. And I was like, okay. So that's how I knew Stripesy was going to be, but I didn't know it was Luke Wilson until right beforehand. And I had no idea Joel McHale was Starman. And even further still, spoilers from the first episode, Joel McHale's Starman gets killed, but he's one of, like, the three main people out on the press junket for this. Mm-hmm. Whatever well, like, the press junket is for this, you know? Right. Well, I have a feeling we're going to get Time's Past stories, so. Sure. And, and I did, when they dropped Ted's name, I was like, Ooh. Like, that's the thing that I'm, as a, as a Jeff Johns JSA guy, like, marking out just on the little things. Just hearing Ted Knight, I'm like, all right, we are we going to get Jack? I need Jack. Like, that. Like I want to see Ted, and Ted made the, you know, it's the cosmic rod. And then Jack was like, well, I was the one who turned it in. Like, to see Jack, like, like a decade ago, for just even one episode, I would be so happy. Even go to an antique store, you know? Oh, my God, to go into his <laughs> store. Oh, if they do the, the Hawaiian shirt story, I would, that would fly so well on TV, I think. Yeah, well, and that's the thing, you know, if this show is successful, hopefully that gives us more of an exploration of these JSA people because they're separate enough. They're mm -hmm. infused enough in the DC Universe cinematic TV or otherwise that they could feel like part of it, but the JSA stuff is his own separate world that it could be different. Mm -hmm. I so, agree. Yeah, maybe we'll get more if this is successful. Who knows what is what constitutes as successful in the way you watch TV uh, currently, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, moving on to Legends of Tomorrow, and I got lots of notes. Okay, um, I'm going to let you fly. All right, so... So as we last left the Legends, uh, everyone but Zari uh, drank from the chalice so they have immortality for 24 hours because their plan is to use the Wave Rider to go get the Loom of Fate. But wouldn't you know who won the pony? Astra ends up stealing the ship because it seems as though she's going to betray them. Mm -hmm. So now they're stuck at John's house and uh, Ava remembers that they have all these different safe houses around the world. And maybe they can get something from one of those that can help them get back to the Wave Rider or something at least to approximate as such. So now they all have to dress up as every British stereotype of the time, mm -hmm. which gets us in, which gets us into Mick. Now, I think at this point, it's not that they don't have they just can't get hats that fit Mick's giant head. I don't <laughs> think they're purposely giving him tiny hats because it's been a while since they've done it. But he was wearing a tiny hat or a normal size hat for his giant head. And I can <laughs> right. Um, they come upon the bus. They toss the guy off the bus, and we get the never uh, overused and definitely not uh, hackneyed at this point. Wilhelm Wilhelm scream as they toss <laughs> the guy off the bus. 
And then they drive headlong into a zombie invasion. And dope that I am should have known that this was going to happen when the episode title is I Am Legends. Right. And then they literally that safe house that Rip sent up more on on Rip later because they drop his name a bunch of times in this. Um, But they go to the safe house and they're going to the safe house till all this blows over, which the safe house is pretty much the Winchester, right? From Shaun of the Dead. Oh, Todd, there was a lot of references to a lot of zombie things in this one. (laughs) Right. But that made me, I was just, I just wanted to hear somebody like, and then bam, we go to the safe house till all this blows over and it never happened. But uh, I do, I do uh, think like Rip will make, I think Rip's making an appearance before the end of this season. That'd be a great way to end out the season. You're right. I think, you know, when they name drop somebody too much, it's kind of getting people into your, like, you know what I mean? People to remember that, if that makes any sense, but on to your, I know because you're a fan of zombie movies, you know, like people watch them at the drive-in or whatever. You've seen a ton. What was like all the things that you've checked off on your list, I bet? Well, here's the deal with that. So we have our B story, of course, because Gary is still on the Wave Rider. Mm-hmm. And then through hallucinations, he brings Gideon to life. And that was the actress who does the voice of Gideon, right? Yes, it is. And I forgot how lovely she is joe and she gets her one episode a year remember when she was one of the charlie's angels yes they did that so yes that is her and i was gonna say she's a doctor who ain't she no wasn't she on a doctor who or something she's english so by by law they have to make an appearance Eh. so probably she was in an episode but you know what i mean i think mostly uh, to be honest she's mostly just done voiceover work gotcha uh, so, um, there's that whole storyline going on where, you know, everyone's betraying each other. Gary has the rings and he uses the little tiny bit of magic, of course, to befuddle and confound, uh, the other three furies. And again, that story is what it is. We get the little bit of a C story, I guess, that John, uh, doesn't have a soul. So the zombies don't want him. That was an interesting take where he was doing like the blocking, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, and it was just like, yeah, I could do what I want. So and that and him that, trying to smoke again and that right oh so the big giant thing when they get on the bus and he sits in front of the giant <laughs> ad that's the entire back of the bus that says smoking will kill you and he's just like oh, I'm just gonna light up we're good mm-hmm. uh, but this was the homage to the episode of the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror where the zombies show up and they're looking for brains and they tap on Homer's head. And they angrily push him away, saying, brains! We want brains! And I'm like, oh, John Constantine is Homer Simpson in this episode. Um, Go ahead. This, though, is one of the few episodes uh, with the limited time that I have that I have no choice but to go back and watch this episode again because there were tons and tons of nods to zombie movies just different zombies that look exactly like people from famous zombie whatevers. Okay. Uh, there's a sh- there's a part where there's a bunch that are just shambling around after uh, John stops Zari's heart mm-hmm. so that they can get through. Because obviously if her – was it Zari that he did it to? Uh, yes, it was Zari. Okay. 
So obviously John doesn't have a soul, so they don't want him. If her heart isn't beating, she's technically dead. So, but they have a very short window to get through and get to the to the meat truck so they can meet up with everybody else. So he does this, and as they're going through the crowd of zombies, there is a zombie that looks exactly like George Romero. Like George Romero, like if I showed you a picture of George Romero, you'd be like, yep, I, re- I distinctly remember seeing that zombie in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was another one where they're battling, they're, you know, they have the last stand at the Winchester, um, and there's a part where someone gets knocked down and a bunch of zombies swore. Oh, um, it's when um, uh, Canary is like, yeah, you know, I use my power. Uh, I don't see me making out of this. So I'm going to kind of sacrifice myself. And she's on the pool table. She's fighting people off. She gets bumped down. And they all kind of swarm on her. And one of the zombies is the spitting image of Linnea Quigley's character Trash from Return of the Living Dead. So I need to go back and watch this episode to find all the other zombie homages in the zombies themselves that they did in this episode. I wish there was and that scene of them swarming on her and grabbing her. I thought we were going to get a uh, homage to the Joe Pilato death scene spoilers for Day of the Dead, uh, which is very graphic. And again, you know, this episode, the TV show's on when we record, so I don't know if this is on like eight o'clock or nine o'clock. Uh, I believe it is nine o'clock. Nine o'clock on network TV. We could just like show things that would get you an R rating in a zombie movie. We could just show that on TV now. We're cool. Mm-hmm. Everybody's all right with this. I'm all right with this. Are you all right with this? I guess. Uh, I guess we're just like you know decapitating people and blowing up their heads. And all right, let's go. I'm here for it. You know. I- I will say one moment shocked me because my brain shut off for a second was when they shot what's her face Ava right in the head. Um, yeah. I had completely forgotten at that point that they drank from the cup and that she was immortal for a day. And I was like, oh, my God, they just killed Ava. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we're going to have to use the loom to bring her back. And then it was like, no, like she she got up. She was bad. When I thought that was funny where the soldiers were like, oh, like now they can come back and headshots don't hurt. Them. I'm like, this is all funny. But it literally made me gasp for a moment because I didn't think about it. You know what I mean? Um, and I like another small thing that's only for me the same way you're doing the, the all the zombies that you recognize is when they're like, well, how do you, you don't drive, John? How do you get around like, you know, England when you're here? He's like, oh, I got a girl for that love. And I'm like, or a guy for that love. And I'm like, that's right, Chaz. For 300 issues, Chaz drove him everywhere. And Chaz was in the, the TV show, but he was an American. And I wasn't big on that. But that was that was fun. So like there was like little little nods. And I did like when Canary says, oh, well, you know, I didn't see me making it out of this. And she's like, and then, well, what about us? She's like, I don't see anything past that. And basically we see all the legends taken down except for Charlie. And she gets to the wave rider and, you know, what's going to happen. I like, I was like, okay, this is, this is interesting. I don't know how you can get two more episodes out of it because everybody's dead and the show's over, but well, I'm pretty sure they'll figure something out. It's too obvious that she's turned to the dark side for her to have turned to the dark side. Oh, uh, Charlie, because they even say you're the only one who's fooled them once, fooled them twice. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm joking that like the legends are gone forever because they're all dead. But even 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 uh, what, what's his name? He got he got killed. Uh, Gary. I was so I, when, when they killed Gary, I was like, 
oh, not Gary. And <laughs> we'll never get the Gary and Gideon spinoff that I want. Now. Oh, <laughs> and he sang the theme song for that, too. <laughs> oh, that was so. And you know what, Joe? If they did a Gary and Gideon spinoff, I would watch it in a heartbeat. Absolutely. I agree. So, so would I. Maybe they will. Gary and Gideon. But anyway. All right. Legend Tomorrow was really good. Um, we got two more episodes of that left. And then what? Six episodes of Stargirl? I think six or eight. I don't know if it's... I No, isn't it? Isn't it 13 unlike Swamp Thing? Like all the DC Oh, that's right. 13. Are... That's right. So this will run us right through the summer. Pretty much. And then Fantastic. who knows what? Fantastic. Right, maybe maybe something will pop up between now and then, but we have a lot of Stargirl to watch. That's awesome. I'm excited. So that's it, everybody. TV's done. We got new comic books to talk about next week, at least two. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we'll deal with the next week after that, I guess. I don't know. Yep, yep. we'll figure it out as we go. Yes, in these, indeed. In these troubling times. Oh, boy. Thankfully, tr- thankfully, someone is here to get us through, or at least make us aware of and comment on the troubling <laughs> times and not actually do anything about them. That's, that's my wheelhouse, Joe. All right. So for TTT, this is Joe <laughs> saying thanks for listening to episode 504 of Longbox Heroes, and we'll see you all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. Boop! You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks.